0: To truth in its art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today I am interviewing the culinary director of Pizza University and Culinary Arts Center. Please welcome Chef Cedric Crawley. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's glad to be here.
0: So. One, like I said before we got started, I love saying Pizza so that's great. Um, and I want to, I want to have, want to get the folks dipped because a lot of people think I'm making this up when I say I'm going to interview, you know, someone representing Pizza U. Um, tell us about your role, your background, and the mission of Pizza University and the Culinary Arts Center.
1: Um, a little background about what Chef said I've been in the business for about, i will say probably 25 years now.
0: Wow.
1: And what I have done was be able to experience a lot of culinary adventures. Um, I work with people like um, Dr. Stewart, Wolfgang Puck, Guy Fieri, uh, Carla Hall, just to name a few. Yeah. And um, worked in some great restaurants and just always love creating uh, what we call culinary food because it's yeah. just there's no rules involved. You can do whatever you like as long as it's done well. So uh, I had a chance to jump into another um, facet of the business, which was pizza—something I've never done except at um, the last place I worked, where we had a little pizza stand. Nothing uh, professional, just you know, kind of makeshift. But um, coming here, I learned how pizza is phenomenally important to the whole segment that we. Underutilized in the culinary world. It ranges from flowers to yeast to sauce to different toppings. And um, this was just kind of a, a time for me to um, celebrate or enjoy culinary from a whole new point of view. And um, it was just something that I just was like, wow, you know, I get a chance to learn all over again. You know the fundamentals of not knowing anything and being scared to do something. I haven't felt that in Culner in a while because you know 25 years you you can say, okay, you know, I know how to make a omelet or two. <laughs> right. So, but uh with pizza, it's just, you know, taking it day by day and learning from some of the best uh pizza olas in the world. And uh PTU, PT University here in Beltsville. They have um what it takes, they have the relationships, uh the know-how. And, you know, the institution. If uh you get a chance to come see, you know, the site, I'll show I'll give you the tour. You'll be like, whoa, what's <laughs> going on
0: here? Oh yeah. Yeah. So so when did you decide to be become a chef and what is important to you as a chef? Um and, and maybe even if you will, fill in a little bit of your, your background on, on training and things of that nature.
1: Um I'm classically French trained. I didn't set out to become a chef. That's something that you have to be given the title of. Sure. Um, I basically started out as a cook and I just enjoyed what I did. It was fun and I was passionate about it. Um, you know, I worked when I wasn't getting paid, um, and just putting in man hours and studying my craft and learning when I didn't have to learn and just being extra, because that's what it's about for you to become exceptional, is being extraordinary. Yeah. Um So, like I said, I'm classically French trained. I went to an institution for about a year plus uh, to get good knowledge from teachers that were classically trained and just knew what they were doing. Um, I always knew how to cook or put food together since I was nine. So I've always kind of just had this passion of uh, getting in the kitchen and emulating what I saw my mother and grandmother do. Um, You know, my first meal cook was at nine years old for my mother. When she was coming home from a trip, I made her, if I can remember, let's see. I think it was a pork chop, <laughs> some green beans, and uh, I think maybe a glass of Kool Aid. <laughs> that's, that's a good, that's a good right there. I, I felt accomplished, right? <laughs> Nine years old. Yeah. So, um, you know, you fast forward to today, you know, I've cooked with President Obama, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and got to work among some chefs that are, you know, world recognized. And, uh, you know, I've always just enjoyed doing what I do. And I have a chance to give back. We do a show every year in D.C. called uh, Metro Cooking. Yeah. Uh, convention Center. And we have culinary students to come and give us a hand. And uh, it's just good to see youth in this business and give them tips that you had to learn the hard way, um, you know, and some of them reach out to me from time to time via email. And, uh, you know, it's just a good feeling to have that I'm able to be that guy now that years ago, I looked up the people that were me, you know, it mm-hmm. has them questions and say, how do I do this? And how do I do that? So, uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm just glad to be
0: here. It's great. I've read that, you went from perfecting greasy plates to plating foie gras. Uh, and I know I mispronounced that, I mispronounced that pervert, like We the, just uh, call it you can just, just foie. You just say foie. foie. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. I want to sound like I know what I'm talking about soon. Um, right, right. so how did that, how did that transition come about? Um, because like people think like sometimes like, like people don't look at food as food sometimes and like, oh, well, this is inaccessible or these, someone with these skills should not be able to work with foie for sake of argument. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me how that transition came about.
1: Um, I would say it probably was because of passion, um you know, coming up working at McDonald's, Roy Rogers, uh, friendlies, you know, making fast food, and generally moving on to plating meals with tweezers and
0: using precision. um, exact measurements, learn the metric system.
1: That's why I like the title From Fast Food to Fine Dining because it's it's basically what I did. And um, the lesson in there is not to forget anything that's in between those two parallels because there's a lot of knowledge and strength and just uh, wisdom between those two points. From fast food, you learn about how food is fun, um, how it tastes good at a certain point, um, how it's perishable, how it's treated. Um, From fine dining, you learn how it's highly rated. It's uh, very competitive. Um, And, you know, living in between the sweet spot, you'll never get burnt out. You know, so I always have a place I can go to in my culinary issue where I can say, all right, I remember I used to do this or I remember I used to do that. And it just keeps me moving, you know, being able to grow. So that's where that term came from, you know, from plating greasy food before because that's what it's done. You know, in culinary school, you learn about foie, you learn the process, how it's made and different things of that nature. But when you actually work with it, it's like, wow, OK. Right. This 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 is the game now. This is school. so you know I felt accomplished. I felt good, but that was years ago. You know that was probably what ten years ago now. So you know, it's been a lot of other things I've been able to do outside of that. But it all started from that. You know, one one day we flipped the burgers, and, I, I, and one other thing I say. So you know, with fast food, it's also about creativity, which you could take over to the fine dining world. You know, years ago we worked at McDonald's and. We'd be making up crazy sandwiches and, you know, I like, put this on there, like what this going to taste like, drop it in there. But it's all fun in the kitchen and you do the same thing at the World of Astoria, you know, at the yeah. tavern, you have fun in the kitchen, and you come up with something that tastes great and people just say, "Wow, how did you do this?" Because, you know, you take those principles and just use them and just find them something different. But hopefully, I answered your questions.
0: No, 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 no. You absolutely did. And I, I like. I don't. I don't know if this came through in any of the questions that I sent over to you, or may come through later in this this interview. But I am a food nerd, so okay. you know, it's it's a thing. It's like I love talking to chefs and and uh, people who are out there and they just have a knowledge and love and passion around cooking mm. and around food. Um, because I do, and it's like I can lightweight steal some gems from y'all. So you know, just be on the lookout. Um, okay. <laughs> so, so I, this this helps me. I actually had pizza last night, and um, yeah, you know, it's one of those things. So, what what makes pizza legit in in terms of this? Like, what's the most important trait in terms of a a good pizza, and what? it's something that's like overrated, like people pay too much attention to, because sometimes it's that buyer beware thing. You don't wanna get something where the, the ratio is off, it's like too much toppings, too much cheese, not the right cheese, crust is not on point. Mm-hmm. What, what are those kind of traits you're looking for and what you're ultimately teaching at, um, at the uh, PCU? So the pizza, the start point
1: is always a dough. Uh, always a flour, what you're using. The flour constitutes what style of pizza you're making. But just to keep it simple in layman's terms, it all starts with the dough. So if my dough is store-bought, I'm going to have a you know inferior product, just to mm-hmm. keep it honest. If I took time to temp my water, scale my ingredients, mix it for a certain amount of time without friction being too hot, let my dough rest, Um, weighing it out in the 240 gram dough balls, letting it ferment or bulk ferment overnight in refrigeration. And then coming to the day I'm going to use it, let it come to room temp for about 45 minutes. That's going to be an outstanding or superior product, no matter what you put on top of it, because you created that. So it's just like making, um, you know, the perfect meatball for mom. If she took her ground beef and a little bit of, you know, um, chorizo or whatever she might want to put in it and built that with her hands and her passion, there's no way that's not going to be delicious because she put her skill set into that product. It's the same thing with pizza dough. What's overrated, I would probably say, would be the toppings. Um, Especially Americans are very uh, specific or just crazy. They're very topping heavy. Uh Uh-huh. You know, we're in a business where we have pizza without any toppings, and it's just an excellent sauce with a little bit of garlic. You know, yeah. that's the uh, margarita pizza. Fantastic. You know, a lot of people don't know about that. Um, you know, pineapple on pizza is something that I would never <laughs> do. If I was to do that here, it would be my last day. It would be like giving my, you know. My two week notice, like, okay, you know, we we appreciate you, but we gotta let you go. Cause pineapple and pizza, no, it just doesn't
0: work. It seems like you're but, right in the head. Right. I got a I got a question related to that later around okay. the fire. Okay, great. But um that's if if we
1: can make our dough, it, it's simple, it's easy. It, it's you know, it's just creating flour, water, yeast, salt, done, you know. Um, It's not like you got to debone a fish or break down a chicken. It's very simple. And uh, if you can learn how to treat that, then the next step will be how to cook it. Mm. Most people think pizza needs to take about, you know, 30 minutes. I mean, I'm doing pizzas 12-inch, 15-inch in 90 seconds in a brick oven. Mm. You know, fully charred and everything. Texture beautiful, so we use high heat to give us what we want, and uh, you know maybe next time we can do a demo to see how that works. If you want to come through, like I said, the pizza yeah. But um, yeah, that's 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 what I would say is the dough is something that needs to be on point, and what's overrated are the toppings, most definitely. I I
0: I agree with that, and I I I speak in a very novice way, but I'm very confident in what I say. In this is that I think when you Go OD with the toppings, you're, you're hiding something that's inferior, which might be the crust, might be the sauce, yeah. it might be the the method in which you, you did it. And I think there, I think people have misconstrued pizza as being a fast food per se, in that, like, you can do it quickly, as you said, in that, that burger oven, 90, 90 seconds. But I think the application of the type, the quality ingredients, the practice, the prep part of it, People are really paying attention to. They're not putting all of that work and all of that love and energy into getting that crust right. It's something that's mass produced.
1: Most um, definitely, yeah, yes.
0: So uh, I read that PCU, uh, which is again great to say, um, works towards development of high quality and committed to the new generation of culinary professionals. Um, what are the What are the traits? you see for the next generation to be like super successful. Like what's that go-to one you're, you're working with someone you're working with maybe a student or someone that's going to PCU. And it's like, all right, you may not have any, like a street, you may not be the best person here cooking something, but at least you have passion and desire you want to learn. What are those traits that you look for and who's going to be the next like great chef or great culinary professional?
1: For me, um, And it was not something that I possessed until I learned from one of my sous chefs who I used to hate until I learned why he was treating me how he was. Um, Attention to detail. Mm -hmm. That's the number one key in this business. You could not know how to cook, but if your attention to detail is on point, you'll be able to make it in a kitchen because, like they say, the devil is in the details. If you miss... um, The fact that some flour that you're using is expired and you're using that product, Mm -hmm. that's a detail. If the cheese you're using, shelf date has expired, the sauce you're using, you know, um, some of the tools that you want to use aren't clean or sanitized. Details. Those are the things which make a chef, which, you know, means chief, um, stand out from the rest of the pack. So if I'm teaching and I have someone who's a little eager and asking questions, you know, the class will look I'm like, oh, you know, they're going to be great. If I have someone who says, well, chef, I noticed that, you know, in the last batch you put two tablespoons of salt, but in this one you only put one. Why is that? Okay, you're paying attention. Your eyes are open. There's a difference in the recipe. Why is that? Those are the details mm-hmm. that people need to ch- So that's what I would say counts um, or makes a difference as trying to be that chef. We're all still learning in this business. Yeah. You know, it's not just about cookery, especially at this level. Uh, You have teams to do that, but you need to have your team well organized and be able to read what you or um, what's the word anticipate what you want. And that's another big thing in the kitchen the Kitchen is anticipation. So if I'm working with my chef and, you know, we're doing this and this and, you know, I see he's about to go reach for that and I get the tool he wants and I give it to him. Come on, you know, yeah. you're batting a thousand. Those are the things that's going to help us get to the next level because we don't have to worry about the details because we got the great support, which is a great sous chef. I'm actually in the process of building a sous chef now. It's a very, very interesting process, but you know, I think she's going to be great because she has a good attention to detail. So that's where it all starts for me.
0: Totally. That's it's like working in unison uh, with mm-hmm. someone. It's that symphony. And mm-hmm. it, 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 you're, you're right. Like um, I, I look at the, the thing that I do. Like I know for me, I'm a big picture person, but I know how to get in the weeds of those kind of like the smaller, the smaller details. I have that attention, mm-hmm. but I know that it's, it takes a different skill set to do both. So mm-hmm. someone that I'm choosing to work with, is like, You know, be able to look towards the big picture, but I really need you to key in on those 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 smaller details. That helps me be able to to lead and provide that strategic direction Mm. the way that you were described, like the chief, the you know the chef there. That's it, yeah. Um. So, so in terms of like courses or modalities, there at PCU, tell me about some of those. And what's what's what are Pizza Wars? Give me give me this rundown.
1: (laughs) Well, some of the courses I'll start with the. the curriculum for some of the courses we offer, uh, we have a class coming up in February um, called Start Smart. So it's basically pizza fundamentals, how to start your pizza business, um, how to scale for growth and of course, pizza recipes all day. Um, the proper technique. Um, pizza Wars uh, was created by me because, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I'm still, you know, urban guy and I like to have fun. And, you know, I walk into this beautiful institution, you know, which I call the arena and I'm like, come on now, you know, what would I do in here
0: with a couple of teams that were ready to really get in there and make it
1: happen. Pizza Wars was born. So uh, we had a couple of them and this is where we task individuals to come in and, you know, learn a brief history of pizza, some fundamentals. And then we give you the pantry ingredients and equipment, our pie stations to come in and build your own masterpiece. And at the end of that, that's judged, you know, based off your teamwork and we evaluate. And I mean, you, it's amazing how you get to see it come to life and actually the things that people build, um, And that's just how you get new ideas as well. So you just let people go in the kitchen and have fun, of course, keeping everything safe. But uh, there's a a snippet out there on our YouTube channel of uh, one of the last ones we did. And um, it's picking up interest. I could definitely say that. It's picking up some popularity. So uh, I look forward to doing more of that. Then, of course, we have courses with uh, your celebrity chefs like Enzo Cochilla. Um, he was just on what we call "Taste of Italy" with Stanley Tucci, so he'll be here in March teaching a class. And when I say he's a pizza celebrity, a historian um, from Italy, from Naples, just you know, this guy is is what it's all about. So just to be in a class and be able to soak that knowledge up and appreciate him, you know, it gets no better. And then I got to shout out my guy uh, Leo in uh, Chicago. He's my mentor. This guy came in day one and started showing me what to do. And as a chef, I know because I've done it. You're very leery about who you want to <laughs> show the skills to, who you want yes. to pass the baton to. And um, he did it without hesitation, and not just—I'm forever grateful and humbled by that. And um, yeah. you know, th- these guys—they uh, take their craft seriously. Mm-hmm. They love what they do, and. I definitely can appreciate appreciate that coming from the culinary side, but uh, I would love to get all of these guys together, all the big dogs, for a pizza war. That that's my big dream. Oh yeah, that would be great. That would be
0: fantastic. Um, so I got I got two more questions before I get into my rapid fire questions for okay, you. Okay, sure. Uh, so tell me about the brand partnerships. I saw that on the website. So what? How do those work? And like, I see some some big names on there. So tell me about the brand partnerships. Um, since our industry
1: is specific and we have um, exact ingredients that we need, um, without it fluctuating in quality, we partner mm-hmm. with some of the best of the best that do it. General Mills, Caputo, Wasaf, um, Grande Cheese, Bella 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 Giosio Cheese. Yeah. That's the hard one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: a couple of others that escape me right now, but uh, Stanislaus, um, Orlando Foods. These guys are at the top of their game, producing products that are outstanding, consistent, and quality. And we're fortunate enough to have been able to partner with them to provide us products for our classes Um, so we can show people that want to become pizza makers or become, you know, learn about the business where to start sourcing ingredients. Okay, you know, you want a flour to do a Neapolitan pizza. This is what you want to use if you're looking for a sauce something that you can scale that's pre-made for you, this is what you can use. As opposed to just letting them fall by the wayside and kind of figure it out, we've done the work for you. So we've partnered with these people and they come in and they do lectures, they do product presentations. And um, we actually had one on, i say two days ago, uh, from General Mills. And there's some things I didn't know that I learned. Like, okay, I didn't know why this flower was this. You know, and it's just, it's just great support. So, you know, we have our Pizza Expo coming up in March in Las Vegas, which we'll also be working with these partners. Uh, it's probably be about 100,000 people there, easy. Um, so it's a big event. You know, we go as Pizza University and do our thing, as well as the parent company, Mara Forney, who actually make, the equipment that we
0: use for all our classes. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the last one I have. I see that Pizza University is is a, is a great resource for the community in providing um, career guidance for <laughs> veterans and, and young adults. And, 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 and it's is, is two of the cohorts within it. W- what sort of employment are, are graduates getting upon graduation? Like what are the kind of like success stories after Pizza U and where do you see the future of Pizza U?
1: Most of our graduates to date have opened their own pizzerias. That's one of the benefits and things that we've seen anywhere from um, California, Delaware, Detroit, Chicago. Uh, These are what we call um, second career individuals. Mm -hmm. So they come into the game saying, okay, this is my goal. This is what I want to do. You know, I make pizzas in my backyard and I want to scale it. Then they come to us because we're the experienced operators. We're going to show you how to put that passion and ambition together and build your passion packet or package for success. And um, as far as placing individuals into jobs, uh, if you come and take a three-day course with us on, you know, uh, Pizza 101, we have job placement where we have relationships with thousands of vendors who we've uh, sourced as far as equipment or pizza ovens or just done trainings, um, the conference group the Flick group, we do trainings for those individuals who are in the food service industry, industry, hospitality industry, and want to further their knowledge in pizza, because you know, it's about 60,000 pizza places in the U.S. We see that number growing, and there are not enough pizziolas to be able to handle it. Now, if you want to take, you know, uh, a frozen pizza and drop it in a, you know, know, little oven and heat it up, you don't need to come here, but if you want to, you know, (laughs) Get your hands dirty, and get a real oven, and make some difference out here. You're gonna come learn with us. So uh, yeah, our product placement, our placement as far as individuals in the classes and um, the workforce is definitely warranted.
0: That's wonderful. Love, I love to hear it. Um, as a person that enjoys enjoys pizza, I'm trying to I'm trying to get some thought out here locally and having my own signature pizza. We might talk a little bit off mic about that. Okay. I got some, okay. I got some ideas. Got some All right. suggestions. All right. Um, so I'm going to hit you with this real quick. These are my rapid fire questions. I have, I think, I think four or five of them. And okay. Essentially, with these rapid fire questions, um, you don't have to provide any extra context unless you really think it's necessary. Some people have some hot takes. It's like, look, man, here's the thing. I, I like Star Wars, but right. here's the thing. Star Trek is fine, and here's why. So you can do if you need to. <laughs> okay. But, um, but uh, so, so here's the first one, um, and this ties into something you said earlier, so I had to modify it a little bit. Okay. Um. So... What are some of the oddest toppings that you've heard of that on a pizza that you might consider trying? We've already heard about your, your hot take on pineapple. I've, uh, I've uh, seen chicken. I don't really jam with that. And I've yeah. even seen pickles on pizza. Yeah. Uh, what is one uh, of those like offbeat toppings that you've heard of that you're like, you know what? I might give that a shot.
1: Well, this is what I've seen. Nutella and bananas with powdered sugar to dessert pizza. I'm like, what is that? But when I tasted it, I'm like, oh, wow. This actually works. So I would never think of putting that on pizza, but it
0: works. All right, I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Regional pizzas. So I noticed that's the thing. Um, and, and, and I've had this theory that Midwest has like distinct ones and you have New York style, you have Chicago, you have St. Louis, Detroit. What is, um, what is, what is your preference in terms of style? I know that you're working with a specific style that relates mostly back to Italy, right? But in, in terms of the American styles that are here, is there one that really pops for you that you're like, you know what? I really love thin crust.
1: Low key is called sophisticated style, and that's coming from me. Um, I took <laughs> I took the uh, the fine dining world and kind of brought it to a pizza. So, some I'm working on right now is a smoked white crab pizza with purple fennel, right? See, you don't often see that. So that's why I call it. I call it, you know, sophisticated comfort. So, you know, that's just a classic interpretation for me. But for the regular answer, for the layman out there, <laughs> um, I would say, you know, I love a New York style pizza. That's probably my, because I, I grew up in New Jersey and that's just, you know, let me get a slice and a soda and I'm good. So
0: I'm kind of used to that, you know? I heard the accent. I was waiting for it to come out. <laughs> <laughs> um so I got I got a couple more. Um, okay. a, a favorite cooking show? Because you, you've touched on a few of the luminaries of Carla Hall, Emerald Lagasse. What is your favorite cooking show, one that you watched a lot?
1: Um, The old, um, what do they call it? Iron Chef. Oh. Not with Americans, but with the actual Japanese.
0: Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was
1: fire. Because these guys hey. used to just go to town. Like, what is that a a dragon's tongue and you just made what like i mean it was just crazy like whoa you know and they just did it knife skills and all and that was just awesome for me to watch like yo this is the real thing yeah so that's something i used to watch i just, i like the american virgin too but i like that fast-paced environment you know it gives you it doesn't give you time to think it puts you under pressure
0: and that's what a real kitchen is like yeah uh I read that one of your uh, favorite chefs is Emerald Lagasse. Um, yes. Do do you have a signature catchphrase in the kitchen?
1: My catchphrase is probably two. One is "fantastic" or "beautiful, beautiful." Okay. That's the one that I get teased on the most. It's beautiful,
0: <laughs> beautiful, yeah. <laughs> and um, I was hoping it's like "bang," like we were done. It's like I was hoping that. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is the last one I got for you. Um, what, are your, what are your 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 top three like kitchen rules? Something that more so is a gem for someone that really wants to you know pop up in the kitchen, want to work in the, and succeed in the kitchen. You touched on the attention to detail piece, but uh, one of those like rules to be in your kitchen. What does someone have to come in there with?
1: Uh, work ethic. Most definitely, want to work and not looking for me to tell you what to do. If I'm busy, I can't really babysit you. You gotta say, chef, I'm about to work on this. So come to me with stuff for me to say no, rather for me, for you wait there for me to tell you what to do. i am be like, yeah. yeah, you know, it's a candle that's not lit. I need somebody yeah. that's burning like chef, I'm about to peel potatoes, chef, I'm about to clean this walk-in, chef, I'm about to label these jars because they don't look right, you know. So work ethic is one. Yeah. Um, the second would be style. Mm-hmm. I need somebody that realizes people are looking at them. Chefs are not the guys that hide in the back anymore and just, you know, cook rice or fried chicken. People are looking at us like, you know, what kind of pants he got on? Or, you know, why his <laughs> shoes look like that? Or, you know, his jacket's a little dirty. So you come with some style, little swag to you. he will be like, you know what? Yeah, he could be on the team. Let's go. Um, <laughs> the third one, let's see. Um, you have to be coachable. So mm-hmm. one thing that I ran into is sometimes you work with um, some older individuals who you know they worked in a kitchen or two and you know you tell them how to cut and you're like oh yeah yeah, yeah I can do that we all got okay good you know what thanks for coming I appreciate you if you work with me I want you to be my person. Not somebody else that you came out of this kitchen and I don't know what's going on over there. This is my house, so I want you to be able to pay attention to what I'm saying and be coachable. If you yeah. can handle those three things, come on, man, I, we can go anywhere together. And I got individuals that you know do that. So those are those are the rules and, and, and dues I had to pay. And you know, for me, if anybody know me, they could tell you it's hard for said to keep his mouth shut. But when that game, I learned how to do it. I'm able to say that now, like, okay, you know, I I see why I wanted to do it. And that's why, because I wanted to be here showing
0: other individuals how to do it and, you know, keep, keep the chain moving. Fantastic. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, so, (laughs) so, um, I want to, I want to thank you for being on this podcast. That's all I had. And, uh, I want to um, invite you to tell the fine folks to uh, where to check out uh, Pizza U and um, yeah, maybe, you know, get up for a class or something on those lines. Oh, yeah. Okay. Folks. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, so you guys can check out Pizza University at Um and we're also on YouTube at Pizza University. You can see the different classes we have, the different snippets. You can check out my Instagram page at Chef Said with two Ds for a double dose. Um, I occasionally do videos about pizza or just whatever's going on, you know, in the hood at that moment in time, paired up with music that I love. You know, I'm, I'm always I'm I'm a so I'm a Wu-Tang fan to the death. So, you know, you'll, hear, you'll see a lot of pizza videos paired up with some Wu-Tang songs, but just appreciate it and know
0: it's part of the culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Chef Said. And I'm going to wrap up here. So okay. um, for Chef Said Crawley from Pizza University and Culinary Arts Center, I am Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around your city. You just got to look for it.